This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hallelujah, the Mets won a game. And how about Andrew Heaney, Yankee fans? We'll talk about it right now. That's the number to join our Wednesday night edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, we got a nice Twitter poll question for you, so take the Twitter information down for future reference. It is at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Well, they tried. They did their best. The Mets tried to lose their sixth in a row. They did. But they didn't. They win. The Mets win. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date on the Yankee score. Yankees still leading 4-1, top of the eighth. Zach Britton on. I'm not going to say anything about Andrew Heaney yet, but keep that in mind. I will talk about him because he was, in a word, wow. But we begin with the Mets who ended their five-game losing streak. And in case you had noticed, their owner, Steve Cohen, was uh, a little perturbed about the way his team has been playing. His, quote, unproductive lineup (laughs) Wednesday night after the 3-2 loss with the Giants, this is what he wrote on Twitter, quoting the Met owner. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach, continuing quoting Cohen. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. The Mets' 380 slugging percentage ranks 26th in the league. 26th. And their 693 OPS is a little better. 24th. 24th. Other than Brandon Nemo and Pete Alonso, every key Met position player has underperformed. Primary offenders have been Michael Conforto, a 701 OPS. Jeff McNeil, a 697 OPS. Dominic Smith, a 691 OPS. And James McCann, a 660 OPS. Plus, Francisco Lindor was also having a disappointing season. Let's add him to the list with a 702 OPS, although he's not played since July 16th because of that strained oblique. The numbers don't lie. He's right. He's right. They have been awful. And we're about to make him even angrier before they found a way to tie the game 1-1. Then they take a 2-1 lead only to have Javis Familia even the game up at 2-2. But Kevin Pala, three-run home run, gets it done en route to their 6-2 win. So now, hopefully, this will be something that maybe can get the team going. But let's talk about this Steve Cohen tweet. Here's what Luis Rojas, the Yank, the uh, Mets manager, had to say before the game about the tweet. I'm aware. I'm not a Twitter guy, but I, uh, I'm aware of, of the tweet from Steve. And, hey, listen, you know, we're working really hard every day. We're trying to find our way uh, uh, to win some games. And, you know, we have this game today against the Giants again, who's 
one of the best teams in baseball right now. And, uh, you know, we're working hard. And, you know, his reference to our offense is one of the areas that we're working really hard to improve on. And, and every day we want to improve our approach. We share how our approach is intended to be. He hasn't been there the whole season consistently. So, you know, getting on base, slugging some balls is something that we haven't done as much. And, but we, we, we're working on doing it, right? And uh, we have guys that have done it in the past and we feel that they can still do it, right, this season. So we're working really hard and, you know, we're expecting the guys to come in today and have that going. So that's my reaction to it. It's what's happening right now to us. It's one of the areas, like I said. So, you know, we're just, we're just working hard. So apparently, you know, as a media member, and as a person that's covered teams in the city for decades, been blessed. There's always a, for lack of a better phrase, a script that has key words that everybody follows. We tend to call it coach speak. And everybody on this team, I don't care who they are, from Pete Alonzo, Luis Rojas, I don't care, J.D. JD, JD Davis, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. We're working hard. That's the, you have to say we're working hard. That's a key phrase, apparently, on the script. We're working hard. Nobody is suggesting that you're not. Nobody is saying that you're just throwing bat at bats away. Nobody's saying that you're just having fun out there and don't care. Nobody's saying that you just, you're not putting forth an effort. That's not what people are saying. So the fact that you're working hard to borrow a Walt Clyde Fraser infinism, just because you're working hard doesn't mean you're working smart. And I don't know that they're working smart. And that's really what Steve Cohen was saying. Are they working smart? Are they focusing in on what they should be doing at the bat? Doesn't mean they're not working hard. So for, I, I'm really, really, I, I'm done with the I'm working hard narrative. I get it. You're working hard. That that You keep telling me you're working hard and you're not getting any results. That makes it even more frustrating because what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm working hard. Okay, good. Are you winning? What are you doing? So I'm done with the I'm working hard part. Okay, I get that. Now, he did go into some specifics, but remember, this is a team that has already fired their hitting coach. Right? Julie Davis was sent packing from this team because they weren't producing. Well, the new team, because there's two, there's like co-heating coaches, haven't done much better. If anything, they've done worse. So what happens now? Okay, working hard is one thing. Where's the accountability for what's going on here? That's what I want to hear from. And really... Uh, Steve Cohen today sent a salvo and made it clear that he's not happy with what's going on here. And he used stats. Yeah, he did a little uh, sabermetric thing on them. <laughs> so that was very, it was interesting. It was interesting. And there's two ways you can look at it. Is he, is it a distraction? Is it, something to put more pressure on the players. What is it? Well, for him, it's him saying, you know what? I'm really, I've tried to be the nice guy. I came to visit you in Philly. <laughs> you know, you got swept that day. I came to, I've been tweeting different things. They're ready. All the positives. You know what? I'm done being a cheerleader for you guys. 
Right now, you guys stink. He's the owner. He's got the privilege to say that. And if you don't like what he said, if you're a player and you don't want to hear from your owner, very simply, play better. Here's our poll question. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardish to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Here's the question. The Mets stopped their losing streak on the same day owner Steve Cohen's tweet questioned their unproductive hitting lineup. Do you think it had any effect on the team today? What do you think? Do you think it had any effect on the team today? Hmm. I'll give you my thoughts. A little later in the show, we'll hear from Luis Rojas, who'll give you his thoughts as well. We're busy. We're ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question. The Mets stopped their losing streak on the same day owner Steve Cohen's tweet questioned their unproductive hitting lineup. Do you think it had any effect on the team today? All League Access says no way. They got lucky Pete got hit with a pitch. Giants had many chances to finish this game in extras, and they didn't. Sad to say, Mets won't make playoffs because their lack of starting pitchers. Plus, having Trevor May in your bullpen won't help them either. What say you? Also, you can weigh in. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Let's begin with Lee in Manhattan. Lee, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Brother Larry. Lee. Gordo, what's happening, gentlemen? Lee, Gordon is on vacation. He is here in spirit. He's here in spirit? Well, He's there in spirit. What's going on, my brother? Everything is good, my friend. Listen, you know I'm a, I'm a diehard Met fan to the nth degree. That's it. So I got nothing positive to say about my Mets right now. Wow. Other than the fact that, one, the tweet that Cohen said, uh, <clears throat> put out today mm-hmm. had nothing to do with them winning. Mm. Okay? I got several points I got to make to you. Okay, so just, just bear Take with your time. Take your time. Uh, I'm going to mention two names to you. Okay. And the reason when I'm mentioning these two names, you'll understand. Reggie White mm-hmm. and Ray Lewis. Mm. The reason why I mention those names, two of the greatest motivators to ever play on a team, in my opinion. Okay. Mets don't have a motivator mm. in their clubhouse. None whatsoever. Okay? Mm-hmm. They've been riding the Grom's coattail for the last two-plus years. Okay? Games that the Grom should have won, they weren't productive for. Them. Okay, now there's no the Grom. They don't know what to do. But I look at it this way: you paying these players all these millions of dollars. Okay, situational baseball is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You look at your situations. Why are you trying to hit the ball out of the park? They put the shift on, and you bunt. Nobody bunts anymore, okay? Yeah. You learn to adjust to hit opposite of the shift. Mm-hmm. But what the Mets need is they need some leadership in the clubhouse. 
take into consideration this stretch right here. They should have beat the Dodgers two out of three. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They got away with this one today. They didn't. They got lucky today. Let's face it. This next week, okay, will be the determining factor in the Mets season. Stop talking about their pitching because their pitching and their bullpen has been keeping them in a lot of games. They just haven't been able to score. Why? Because they're not playing situational baseball. Yeah. Okay? But yeah. they need a motivator. Just because you're on the injured list and you're not playing, that don't mean you can't find a way to give your team some incentive. Because the fact is, and the reality of it all is, the wild card is not coming out of the East. If you don't win your division, you're done. That's right. Okay, and this is coming from a diehard Mets fan. And that's all I can say, Brother Larry. Just keep my you, fingers right? crossed and hope for the best. I got Always you. a pleasure, my brother. Always good hearing from you, my friend. He's right. And, and here's the thing. Peter Alonso is trying to be that guy. Peter Alonso is trying to be that leader. Peter Alonso is the guy that's in the forefront in front of the microphones. And I get it. Some things you he's 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 learning on the fly. There's some things as a veteran you would be more savvy at how you answer the questions. But nevertheless, I applaud him for standing up there and answering them. Because I tell you, I've watched a lot of guys disappear. <laughs> when the going got tough, I watched a lot of guys. Not available. Where is he? Oh, he left early. Oh, he went to see the trainer. Oh, he did this. Oh, that, you know. So I give him credit. Not Some of the things are not great, how he's answering them. Not savvy, but he's learning under the heat. Spike is in St. Pete. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Yankees now lead 5-1. Hey, Spike. Hey, Larry. Good I could catch you tonight. You're on earlier tomorrow. That's good news for me. So I, I agree with Lee. And uh, Alonzo, I agree with your uh, your take on it. Uh, he's learning on the fly. But he did open his you know, pie hole last week and backed it up with a winning yes, game with a home run. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. They just don't have enough talent. Um, and I don't think it matters what the owners say. That's more coincident than anything. These kids just probably don't pay any attention to the guy. The guy, the guy loves the Mets. He bought the Mets. You know, I'm sure he didn't buy them to make money. You don't need money. But uh, mm. they've, they've lost a lot of games that they can't close them out, and that's too bad. I have one Yankee comment, and then I'll – Sure. Catch some Z's. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you think you've seen a lot, and I know you've seen a lot. I've seen more by the chronological calendar, yeah, and uh, the, the Mets have had a lot of guys step up to the plate, not not come through in terms of leadership. I think David Wright was probably the last true leader mm -hmm. they had. That's Agreed. my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Now, the Yankees, uh, you know, in any sport we've ever talked about all these years, all of us, the regulars who call in, the irregulars, so to speak, you need, you know, they say you're peaking too early. I never understood that. <laughs> I never did. I mean, I go back to that Dodger Mets World Series when uh, Hersh Isaac, you know, they beat him, what was it, 10 1, 11 1 for a year yeah. or something. Yeah. So you don't know. Uh, I just think Boone and uh, Cashman was never going anywhere. We know that because he's right. family to them. But Boone got criticized, but he's got a motivator, man. Anything they're pulling out of the hat, every one of these guys are playing their rear ends off. And uh, 
We'll see what they can do tonight to uh, finish this thing off. But uh, listen, I was happy that the uh, the Mets won for you tonight. Uh, but it's never easy. It's never no. easy with them. <laughs> and uh, with that, I'm going to go catch some sleep and listen to the show in the morning. You have a wonderful evening. Be Thanks, careful. Mike. I, I will. You do the same. Thanks for the call. He's right. It's never easy. With, it's never easy. They have a 2-1 lead. You're like, and here's the thing, okay? I'm watching the game. Get back to the calls in a second. They're 1-800-919-3776. I'm watching the game, and I'm figuring, okay. <laughs> it's tied, but you're bringing in Diaz. All right. And he did one, two, three, and he boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, great. So you're going to press your luck and bring him back for a second inning. And in the back of my mind, and then when they get runners at first and third, his entry music starts playing in my head. I just hear it in the background. And I know, and I'm saying, no, this here comes the high wire act for him. But give him credit. He got out of it. The Mets took the lead uh, in the 10th. And <laughs> Javis Familia gave it right back. But even he got out of it because the Giants could have won the game in the bottom of the 10th inning. And he buckled down and did what he needed to do. And then we go to the 11th and, uh, you know, that's when the Mets break it open. So, listen, you talk about a team needing a win badly. They did. They really needed this win today. They really, really did. And Lee is right. They could have taken two of three from the Dodgers. The pitching gave way on them. They were down 4 nothing. They fought back and tied the game only to lose it. They had a lead, gave it up, and lost it. And then the last game was, you know, home run derby. But now on the rematch, it'll be interesting to see how they perform against the Dodgers at Chez Ravine. Because the Dodgers are very, listen, they're still a very good ball club. And they can match you pitching-wise. And the Giants are really, you know what? The Giants are really good. And I don't know how this would have turned out if the starter for the Giants had the ankle injury. And that really made that a bullpen game for them where they ended up using 10 pitchers. I mean, I hope they got an off day tomorrow because I don't know who else (laughs) is going to go. I really don't. Who else is going to be able to pitch for them? They used the whole staff today. <laughs> they really did. Just to get out the bets. Yo! I'm just giving out stones. Every day I get up on a frowns. I want to more in on the girl. I want to more in on the girl. Also, you can weigh in on Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY. 98 underscore 7 FM, our poll question. The Mets stopped their losing streak on the same day on the Steve Cohen's tweet, questioned their unproductive hitting lineup. Do you think it had any effect on the team today? At Sean Moen says, no. They scored one run in the ninth inning off a hit by pitch. Extra innings shenanigans are anyone's game. Shenanigans. Right now, with a bunch of you voting, the early polling numbers, 24.5 of you said, yes, it had an effect on the team today. 
75.5% of you say no, had no effect on the team. None. No effect whatsoever. See what you have to say on the phones. Dale is in Rockaway. He's next on 987 ESPN. What's up, Dale? Hey, how's it going? Good. All right, so no, it had no effect on them. Um, the, the team sucks. He's hitting mine. Um, there's a caller earlier that said that the team's been riding the gums coattails for the last three years. He's absolutely right. Um, the front office is the worst. I mean, if you compare them to what Brian Cashman did across town, how during the trading deadline he addressed all the things that they were missing after evaluating half a season, the Mets did none of that. Right, Sandy, Sandy Alderson sucks. I mean, honestly. And then you know what? Whoever decided not to offer JT Riomuto a, a, a decent offer when he was available as a free agent and to go sign Brian McCann should be fired immediately because that guy, forget about Lindor, that guy is an albatross. He comes up in big moments, strikes out, pops out, double plays all the time. That was a horrible sign. That's all I got to say about that. Here's what's so bad, Dale, and thanks for the phone call, is not only didn't you get Riamuto, he ends up in your division. So you have to see him 19 times a year in Philly. He ends up just getting you. Like Renfro takes Chapman deep. But it's okay. Solo shot. Yankees still lead 5-2. This is, this is the game you bring Chapman in. First game off the I.L., his timing's off. Let him, get, let him get himself. This is the time to do it. Get him in. Okay? Get him in. So, uh, Yankees still have the 5-2 lead, one out, top of the ninth. But, Dale, you're right. They didn't address it. And, once again, some t- somebody will tell us we'll figure it out or maybe it will come out somewhere to confirm what Buster only had reported weeks ago that the Mets were, once they found out what was going on with DeGrom, they kind of backed off some of the major things they were planning trade-wise. And while Javi Baez is a nice addition, everyone knew they needed arms. And the Riamuto deal goes back to the offseason, right? The Riamuto deal goes back to that, just like George Springer, who I desperately wanted, goes back to that. Now, Trevor Bauer, listen, good, thanks, I'm glad you didn't do anything with him. I'm glad I'm glad he's not here. So thank you for that. But yeah, this is the bottom line. Look at what, and Gallo maybe a little bit recently, but look at what Rizzo especially has met to this Yankee team and comes back tonight off the COVID protocol and comes in to get two big RBI. Which right now, without those two, you know, which which gave you a very comfortable four one lead. So he's been a guy that has made a difference on this team, and he's improved you defensively, as has Gallo. I mean, go back to the double, go back to the nightcap last night. They didn't even send a runner from third base with him because of they know his arm. So yeah, let's face it, the Mets did not do what they needed to do at the deadline, and that's part of the reason why they're struggling the way they're struggling now, because they knew they didn't have guys now. Unless they're thinking, okay, when we get Lindor back and we get, you know, this guy back and we get that guy back and then we'll be okay. Well, it hasn't worked out that way. Mike is in Jersey. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Mike. Hey, Larry. Uh, big fan. I, I hate to change the subject on you. I know you're talking baseball. No, let's go ahead. But, uh, go ahead. 
We're good. Uh, hoping that you could uh, mention to Rothenberg because he brought this up this morning, uh, saying that uh, you know if Daniel Jones has a bad year and the Giants do poorly, he sees Gettleman and Jones being you know no longer Giants next year. Mm. Uh, he also went down to say that that would leave Judge that he would leave Judge as coach, and he thinks that that's what the Giants should do, and that's a good plan. And I basically thought that's basically what the Jets did. Because ultimately they're going to end up with a new GM that will have be you know maybe Judge reports to him or maybe he reports into the owner because uh, maybe the owner decides to have Judge help them decide who the next GM is and then if you play it forward if uh, Judge has another bad year under that new GM then that would really make Judge on the hot seat that year at the same time next year if Gettleman and Jones are gone, they're going to draft the quarterback. And that means that you're going to draft the quarterback with the coach who's on the hot seat, Todd Bowles, and then you're going to fire that coach, and now that quarterback, who's a rookie, will have to learn a new system under a separate, a new coach that the GM now has faith in and that the GM hired. Just your thoughts, Larry. All right, let me ask you this, Mike. If Jones has a bad year, right, and Gettleman yeah. has had a bunch of bad years, right, does he are yeah. you a giant fan? Uh yes. Okay. Do you think Gellerman deserves to choose the next quarterback? No, I don't. Okay. So what would you do? Would you then fire Gellerman and keep Jones and Judge? No, I think you I think you have to clean house. I think you have to you have to fire Gettleman, Judge, and Jones. Okay, or, but you know, release but remember, or to Mike, move on from Jones, whatever you do. I got you, but remember, Mike. Uh, Judge wasn't here when Jones was drafted, so why are we punishing Judge? Only because the next GM is definitely going to want his own coach, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're responsible for a franchise and making that franchise go, you don't want to necessarily be stuck with, or let's say a marriage, you know, an arranged marriage, again, with this coach that you may or may not agree with. And we all know that Judge is coming from the Belichick school of, of coaching, which necess- it doesn't necessarily mean that every GM is going to buy into that. Bill Belichick is also the GM in, 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 in New England, so mm-hmm. that works out pretty well. It does, Mike. Listen, Mike, you make some great points, and that's something that the Giants are going to be faced with. Thanks for the phone call. And you're right, it won't be the, most, it won't be the best situation, but it's a situation that has happened before in the National Football League. I will say this. The Giants hierarchy is not run the way the Jets hierarchy was run when you had the Gase McCagnan, you report the coach reports to one owner and then the GM reports to an owner and then you know the coach doesn't have to report to the GM. It's not run the same way. You know, Mara and Tis run a different ship. They run it the way it should it should normally be run. But I just don't think that they would for an organization that doesn't really like change, I mean, they really don't. Uh, I just I just don't see them letting everybody go at one time. I just don't. And I think there has to have a certain there has to be a certain circumstance with which they even pulled pulled the job, pulled the move on Gettleman and Jones. Okay, I, Jones has to be for the Giants. Jones has to be awful, awful. With 
the the new players that they brought around him offensively with Saquon Barkley back. He's got to be the offensive line. His everything is it's got to point to where Jones is just man. He that's why he's not here. He's regressed, and we got to move on from him. And even then, <laughs> they might give him another year. But I really don't see them jettisoning Joe Judge after after two years if the quarterback whom he inherited as a young quarterback is not here. You know, when he when it wasn't his pick. He had nothing to do with that quarterback. He inherited him. But you make a you make a good point because then it's just and I don't even think, once again, depending on how it goes, I don't even think that they would move on Judge after two years thinking that, well, it wasn't all him. I just I it's it's crazy. It's it, it's crazy. It's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. It is. <laughs> Oh! Oh! Hey, Brian, I wonder if they're playing this at the Beach Bash on Friday. You know, down at Bar A in Lake Como, New Jersey. Ooh, I can see that. When it becomes Bar K. Oh, Make your plans to head down to the Jersey Shore. That's this Friday near Belmar to join the Michael K Show live from 2 to 6.30 p.m. with special musical guest, the Pat Roddy Band, and appearance by Willie Wilson. It's all brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer, Samwell Pain Management, The Good Life Transportation Company, Daz Breaker Sports Cars, Deep Eddie Vodka, Rutgers Football, Calandria's Bakery, and Yearling Flight. Remember, you must be at least 21 years of age to enter and party with the Michael K Show when Bar A becomes Bar K in Lake Cuomo, New Jersey. 1-800-919-3776. Also, you can weigh in on our poll question. The Mets stopped their losing streak on the same day on the Steve Cohen's tweet questioned their unproductive hitting lineup. Do you think it had any effect on the team? Any effect at all? Let's see what Mark in Newark has to say. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Mark. What's up, Brother Larry? Everything's good, my friend. What's happening? I know that's right. Uh, I can really shorten the poll question a lot easier for my answer. The okay, Mets no. won a game <laughs> last night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and stop right there. <laughs> 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 so, so by doing that, I'm, that keeps me in the window. I okay? got you. That's I got you. Right. Um, the other point on the Mets is I'm going to be short and sweet tonight. The other point is no excuses. Play like a champion, Rule 76. But mm-hmm. I, I, I want them to back in the lineup. Um, I, I just keep having flashbacks to when we got Cespedes. And, and I just think that, I, no, not think, I hope that getting him back in the lineup will um, – Keep we can keep afloat until we do, and and I think that I hope that that makes some changes. But other than that, that's pretty much all I got. We want a all game right, tonight. Hallelujah. You got it. <laughs> all right, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. Listen, Francisco Lindor obviously helps you defensively, 
And and I don't know what to expect whether he comes back hitting. I mean, he was not, he was starting to hit a little bit to be fair to him. But previously to that, he was struggling. But he had started to hit a little bit. That's why it was so the timing of him getting hurt was so awful. And here's the other thing that I'm concerned about too. And yes, I applaud Pete Alonso for taking one for the team, but that fastball off that elbow pad hurt. When he said, you heard him on the replay with uh, Gary Cohen and Ron Darling, him said, oh. And he left the game. And is he going to be able to bend that elbow and be in the lineup tomorrow? That's my question. You know what? I'll say that. I'll hold it in a second. That's my question. So is he going to be able to get back? He's, he's one of the hottest guys in the lineup. And it's a lineup that's unproductive by the owner's standpoint. <laughs> oh, man. The Yankees win by the score of 5-2. This kid at shortstop. Oh, that's close. This kid at shortstop has really played well. He's really played well. And can I be honest with you? And, and, I'm, and this is just being totally unbiased, just watching them both play. If Luke Voigt is at first base, we're still playing baseball. It's the way Rizzo just caught the ball. It's just he he is an experienced first baseman. He is an experienced first baseman. I remember having this conversation with Mark Teixeira. And he was hurt. Okay? And they were bringing some other folks in to play first base who hadn't played first base. And I asked him how... Is it almost an insult that some people think that anybody can play first base and it's still and and can do the job easily? Because remember, Mark Teixeira is a gold glove caliber first baseman. Outstanding first baseman. And he gave me the political answer. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just said that, you know, you work hard and everything. He said, but he then turned it on to himself and said, I take pride in playing first base and I've worked hard at it. And listen, there's you can see people who really who who really understand, who really get it. Who who engulf themselves in the position at first base, being a great defensive player. And everybody can't be that. And listen, Luke Voigt does other things well defensively at first base, it's just not his thing. He's not as good as Rizzo. And so, you know, when he's making his rant and talking about, I deserve to play as much as he does, and I've done this for the organization, and blah, 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 and blue, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Well, listen, then don't get hurt. <laughs> stay healthy. <laughs> and stay and be available. And, yeah, you were great last season, but, you know, this is a production business, my friend, and you have been producing. When you played, you weren't producing, and then you got hurt, and then, you know, they need to make some adjustments. So the Yankees complete a three-game sweep over the Boston Red Sox. Man, it's unbelievable. 1-800-919-3776. Dave's in Vegas. Dave, you're in Sin City. What do you have for us? Hi, Dave. Dave is gone. Yeah, what's up? Oh, what's up, Dave? Yeah, so I want to know if the fantasy trade is a good trade. Let's hear it. 
so it's Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, and Aaron Jones for Saquon Barkley, Darrell Henderson, and Joe Mixon. Thanks, Larry, for taking my call. Wait, 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 Dave. What kind of league are you in? Uh, PPR. All right, thanks for the phone call. That's, that's, uh, uh, uh. See, here's my thing. With this Giants offensive line, I, I Saquon Barkley should be good, but what what if he what if he isn't? What what I don't know if I I don't know if I pulled the trigger on that right now. I mean Galladay should be good. But I don't know. I don't know about that one, Dave. I don't know. I have to think about that one a little bit more. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey Buddha. Hey, Uncle, what's going on? How you doing, man? Everything's good, my friend. The Mets won. It can't be that bad. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I apologize. I thought they were going to do better. I mean, when the last time we spoke about them, I was like, yeah, they're going to turn it around. Wow, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, they turned it around uh, and around yeah. and around and around. <laughs> they were going in circles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard, but I hope that they don't lose that to Philly. And I hope they get I mean. You know, I'll just tell you that they're going to win a few games in a row now. Yes. You know, I, I they hope should. they get that back, you know. Mm-hmm. They should, you know. Yep. Yep. Listen, I was listening to my cousin Brucey, you know, and I, and I take his assessment more than I take most. When mm-hmm. we were talking about 78 Yankees and what's going on with this team here, I mean, I'm warming up to them. I, you know, only a fool can complain about women. I mean, they've done an amazing job in the last month or so. Yep. But uh, with that 78 team, I mean, Cousin Brucey, man, I mean, do we have a wrong Gidry on this team? Garrett Cole's a nice guy. That ain't no Louisiana Lightning right there. We had Ed Figueroa had a, a season out of his mind. Who's the next player, who's the next pitcher up behind Garrett Cole, much less a catfish hunter and a comprehensive lineup at, at, at bat, along with a managerial change that was necessary for us to get us over the hump. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, I don't see so much similarities there. Um, two things, man. Um, you know, first, you know, this media in New York City, you know, I find it very whimsical. You know, they're the first person to talk about the fans. The fan is a fanatic. You know, we go up and down, and we don't have a realistic approach to anything. But all you hear was one week Zach Wilson was the, 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 the next coming, and now this week he can't even play. This is coming out of their mouths. I mean, like, mm-hmm. stop it, man. You know what I mean? Like, we always discussed in the beginning, this is the developmental season for him and the coach. They both have to learn what it means to be a starting quarterback and a coach in the league. You know, like, stop it, man. Green Bay is playing with a chip on their shoulder, uh, uh, very different from most teams. You understand know what I mean? I mean, yep. what do you think was going to happen when, it took, when those scrimmages were going to take place? That's a higher level of talent on that team. They were the NFC, um, what's it called, the NFC Championship game last year. And the Jets were, you know, where we were. So, you know, all that stuff about Zach Wilson is, is listen, time is going to tell. The kid has the physical tools. You know, the coaching and the consistency and giving them the people to work with, that's what's going to determine that. But I just got one question for you all before I hang up, man, real mm-hmm. quick. I mean, what's going on with Daryl Morey, man? I mean, like, like real talk, I mean, you know, you have a commodity. You have a car. It's a used car. This car has some damage on it. This car has some mileage on it. You know, 
what the hell do you think you're going to get for Ben Simmons? <laughs> you know, if you're thinking about bringing him back next year, if you don't get the best possible deal, you're out of your mind. You know, Shaft worked better with, with Willie Bumps, man, in the big score than um, Ben Simmons will ever work with Joel Embiid. And I hate to keep going back to this, but if you remember, remember when he was LSU and they asked those kids, after he was going to leave or he didn't play, I forgot what it was. They was like good riddance. You know, he's one of them guys that thinks that he's better than what he is. You know, and he was a, came along in, in, in that time period where before, you know, the last few, where they changed contracts and changed everything. Like, you know, where these guys were overhyped. This, this dude, you know, you got to get what you can get for him. This, this is not a Maserati anymore. You know, this is a Ford Fiesta. And you got to get what you can get for him. I mean, what is this guy thinking about? Come on. Buddha, he is still. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. It's some great analogies. Uh, Buddha, he's trying to hold out for the best deal he can get. He doesn't want to just give him away. And I understand that. But you're right. At some point in time, you're going to have to realize that it is addition by subtraction. And. Your head coach, Doc Rivers, kind of said that last season. And the fact that there are people who think they can help him, because remember, this is a young man who didn't want to go down the lane because he thought he was going to get fouled and have to go to the free throw line, and he was scared to death about going to the free throw line and possibly missing shots, missing missing free throws in big moments of the game. Didn't want the ball in the fourth quarter. Didn't want the ball. And everybody knows. So you're really limited in what you can get for him, so you're going to have to make a move very soon. I'm with you, Buddha. He's still got a little time, though, but he's he's going to have to make a move. He, he can't go back. They can't be back in camp with him and Embiid ne uh, late next month. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I want you there with me. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Martinez goes from first. Grounded in the hole. Diving stop. Velasquez gets him at first. It got past the diving O'Dor somehow. Velasquez made the play. And the Yankees hold on to win 5-2. to two. Our Michael K with the call moments ago on yes at the stadium. What a play by Velasquez. The Yankees sweep the Red Sox and the Mets won today. It's a fabulous day. Gordon's away. I'm here alone. 1-800-919-3776. Part of our poll question. The Mets stopped their losing streak on the same day on the Steve Cohen's question, their unproductive hitting lineup. Do you think it had any effect on the team today? 76% of you said no. No. 23% said yes. You can weigh in via Twitter or on the phones with me at 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Bruce is in Flushing. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Larry. Several points about the Yankees tonight. Yes. First, you know who the last guest reminds me of? Louis uh, Aparicio. Wow. Louis had that quick... Louis had quick feet. Yes. And then he had those quick steps. He had the arm like Velasquez has. And Louie was a pesky hitter. He mm -hmm. wasn't a high average hitter, 
But when guys got in strong position, he managed to get that base hit. So are you ready to give him shorts? Are you ready to give him shorts? I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give you a go a step further. If I'm the Yankees and I'm deciding whether to sign Rizzo or not, you sign Rizzo, you don't sign a big-time shortstop, and you put the last credits at, at short. Because you, with, with the Yankee offense, you can play the Lancers at short and be a winning championship team. Now, in the old days, we used to have Aparicio, Belanger, who did that. Now, I'm just hoping in this day and age of um, analytics, they're going to say, what, we're going to get a, a, a succeeding shortstop who only hits 220, even though he's, he's probably hitting 280 with running in scoring position, and, 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 and that hitting shortstop with his 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. But this kid is a great fielder, and in a, in a good-hitting team um, like this Yankee team, you could carry him. You, you disagree. I agree you could carry him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, as you say in today's game, if with his uh, launch angle and exit velo numbers, I don't know if he'll make it. But <laughs> listen, I tell you one thing: he's a great guy to have on your team. Defensive replacement uh, can can make all the plays. He hits. Got a little hit. Got a couple of hits tonight. He. This is what we're talking about, Bruce. And I've said this for weeks, and you know this is a Yankee fan. This is what always happens with this team. And it didn't happen until late. There's always somebody in the organization that you bring up that makes a couple of plays that, that just spurs this team on and gets the veterans going. And there's been guys like him, guys like Green, other guys like that who have come up who've been able to do some things. Would you agree to me? He, he, he reminds you of Louis Aparicio? Uh, didn't see a lot of Louis Aparicio, uh, to be honest with you, Bruce, but I will take your word for it. Okay, second point. Yes. We can someone tell Aaron Boone, Licky is not Sparky Lyle. <laughs> you know, I understand you want to keep the lefty in with, with, uh, with the big guy um, um, on the bench, uh, the the ex national. Oh, uh, Swarber. Swarber, but he's not that consistent. You mean tell me you you, you wouldn't trust um, what's his name the kid the kid well, why is um, it the, what no no he probably pitched too much yesterday so they wanted to stay away from the other kid the other one who throws ninety nine the um, Abreu yeah the guy who threw the seventh eighth inning yesterday um, this guy throws ninety nine mm-hmm. and he's been in situations he's the one who saved the White Sox game. Uh, last weekend, but bring in Litke every time. I just don't understand. And finally, which is stranger to believe? Um, he ain't lasting seven innings against the Red Sox and giving up one run, or um, why is that? Or the big guy um, who's a designated hitter who's playing the outfield now. And his oh, JD Martinez? What? You mean JD Martinez? No, no, for the Yankees. Oh. The big hitter. The big oh, guy. Stanton? Yeah, Stanton. Mm-hmm. And Stanton not injuring himself. I mean, I don't know which, <laughs> which, is, which is harder to believe. And if you wanted to sign that, 
this is the year for the Yankees. I think this is it. This series reminds me of the Boston Massacre in 78 when the Yankees went in and, and swept, I think, four or five game series. That's how I think this person blow was going to be. And I'll give you a little trivia up from that series. Mm-hmm. The guy was a, a waiver claim and hit a monster home run dead center to win it, one of those games. And that's his, and it was the only hit he had for the Yankees that, that entire rest of the game. It was like one for 32. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Who was it? Alex Johnson. Wow. Wow. It's the only hit he had for the Yankees he won a game from against Listen, the Red Sox. And, 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 and they're happy he did it that time. <laughs> All yeah. the other hits would have been meaningless. Larry. All of them would have been meaningless. All right, Bruce, thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Charlie in Queens. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Charlie. What up, Larry? What up, Larry? What's up? Wait, wait, wait. Who's this? This uh, is not Charlie. Charlie. This is not happy Charlie. This is this. I don't know who this is. Who am I thinking, Larry? Well, well, come on. Well, guess what? Normally, Larry? this is griping Charlie. Oh, what are they doing? These punk, these punk players. <laughs> these guys don't know what they're doing. They're punk manager. You know, they're just, they're just horrible. They're terrible. And then you hey, got a smile hey, on hey, your hey, face. Hey, hey. Wow. <laughs> You're oh, laughing. Yeah, I've never, you know Charlie, what? I've never we heard you laugh suffer. before. <laughs> well, guess what, Larry? Uh, we have we have we have so much gut wrenching losses, uh, so disgusting ones, and losing to the Red Sox. And now, now we get we pay back one. It was an important sweep to make, and the fact that he made the start, I think that was uh, surprising. But we'll take that. And my man. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is back uh, with the two-run single. And, hey, how, how about this? Mm-hmm. In the ninth inning, he got those two outs, man. He contributed that two big outs to block it down. Not easy. Hey, you think Luke Boyle made that play? Nope. No way in the world. That's why you need Anthony Rizzo, not just offensively with this, not with, with contact and everything, situational hitting, but his defense. Go club caliber and gold glove winner and platinum glove he won and that's important right there and this is a much easier Yankees need to sweep this one because the schedule is coming on you got the uh the pinata Yankees pinata that is the Minnesota Twins coming in uh I'm fired up with it I am fired up after this one now I mean well waiting on the what is that the White Sox game uh hope the hope they, the White Sox beat the A's and everything so the Yankees, uh, yeah, they're in a nice spot. I think it's important for now this weekend. They're so important before going to that long nine-game road trip uh, and rack up a rack up a win over this weekend against the Minnesota Twins because while maybe the A's might be losing ground, ground they're playing like the Giants over the weekend and the Red Sox have a uh, what is that kind of easy games coming. In. That's why it was important this week today to like you know. You know, push the push them away, keep the engine going, and yeah, let's let's go, let's go, Yanks, man. They're back. We're back. All right, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call, uh, Brian, Jake. Guys, I hope you recorded that. I don't know if we'll ever hear Charlie that happy again. The Yankees somehow have made Charlie the happiest human being in the world, <laughs> which a, is amazing. That might be the most amazing thing they've done since the trade deadline. It's about time.
It is. It's been long overdue. It's long overdue. Just think, all they had to do was play better, and Charlie would be a happy guy. It's amazing. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.